Hello and welcome to That Nerd Thing, where we uncover the magical impact that fandoms have on our lives. My name is Morgan and I am so excited because today's guest I actually have known for many, 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 many years. And I, well, I found out we both have sort of been following each other through the years. She has done some really cool things. She's super into books and into some other really fun fandoms that we will bring up in a little bit. And she's gone on to become an editor at some major companies like Scholastic, Disney, and currently she's an editor at Andrews McNeil Universal. And, which I saw from your website, by the way, you are a New York Times number one bestselling author, which I think is so cool. So I would like to welcome... Erin Pascal. Hello, Erin. It's been so long. Hello. I know. It's been like 20 years or something. So this is really cool. I think you have such a cool history and you knew your dreams early on and you followed them. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely did. I always like to joke that I'm professionally annoying, both (laughs) in my personal life and professional life, I guess. So that tracks. So I like to start out every episode with getting an idea of your nerdy identity. So I have a few questions for you. Are you ready? Let's go for it. What is the first thing that you remember being nerdy about? I feel like the real answer is Clifford the Big Red Dog, (laughs) but that's not really a fandom. So my first fandom was probably Pokemon. And I have a lot of Pokemon in the background still. These actually are my figures from like when I was five. Wow. They're all the original 150, 151. Oh. Yeah. So I started recollecting them again recently, added to what I had, and now they're on my wall. So it's still a current fandom. It's amazing. So everybody, you definitely should go check out the show on YouTube so you could see the amazing display that is behind Aaron. That is really neat. How long did it take you to collect all of them? Probably since 1999 <laughs> when they came out. It was over the pandemic, I kind of rediscovered my bag of Pokemon action figures. And I like counted, I think I needed something like 30 of them. And I said, okay, I'm just going to complete the set now. And I bought the rest on eBay, was very upset to see how much they go for now. So don't look that up. <laughs> but it is done. So that is good. That's really, really neat. I love when people collect things for the fandoms that they're passionate about because it's, it's so fun. It's such a fun hobby. It is. My partner and I actually go figure hunting, collecting all the time. Our apartment is just filled with action figures. And sometimes I'm not as into it. Like he has a lot of DC villain action figures. And I just say, please don't put that by the bed. (laughs) I do not want to wake up in the morning and see MODOK in front of me. That's hilarious. What is your favorite nerdy thing? (laughs) My favorite nerdy thing? Also a very good question. I guess I'm just on the Pokemon hype right now because they recently re-released. Well, it's not even a re-release. They issued a new set called Pokemon 151, which is only the original Pokemon. And I have been massively collecting that. So that is currently at the forefront. Okay, so I like Pokemon, but I wouldn't say that I'm a major fan. So I don't know a lot about it. So what exactly are you collecting? (laughs) (laughs) Trading cards. Thank you for uh, making me clarify. Yeah, already done with the action figures. Now I've been collecting the trading cards. The trading cards in the U.S. originally came out. I can't I think it's 98 when it originally came out. So I do have those from when I was a kid and the new set came out in August of this past year. Oh my gosh. I remember going to the movies with my mom when I was very, very young to see one of the Pokemon movies. I don't remember which one. And with your ticket, you got a Pokemon card. And I remember a man, it was a packed theater. A man was like, I got Charizard. And everybody jumped up and ran over to him. And he was joking. He didn't really have it. I guess it was a very, very rare card. Yeah, it is a very rare card. And actually that card that you got was um, 
Ancient Mew because that was the promo card they gave out. That's also pretty valuable. Yeah, I definitely do not have that anymore. I wish I did. Oh, I love that you know that. <laughs> I'm like, yep, I, I know that movie. I remember the hype for yeah. it. Looks like somebody trolled your theater, though. That's hilarious. That's what I remember. I thought it was so funny. I remember I was a little clueless back then, but now thinking back, I'm just like, wow, everybody ran to him. I think I would nowadays, too. So that makes sense. What is the thing that you're currently nerdy about? Currently nerdy about? Well, aside from Pokemon, of course. I actually recently got into Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, which is hilarious because I was never into it growing up at all. I guess I just saw men with muscles and I was like, eh, not for me. Don't care. I like women. Like, I don't want this. But my partner really likes Dragon Ball and I decided to watch a little bit with him. And there are a lot of parts I don't like about it. But there's a lot of parts that I really love, and it's been very fun watching all the episodes with him and bonding. Yeah, it's great that you could have that experience together. Yeah, and sometimes I'll be like, I don't know if you're a Dragon Ball fan, but um, Goku, who's the main character, and his wife have a terrible relationship. <laughs> and so I'm always pointing it out. I'm like, they hate each other. Like, I want them to get a divorce. And my partner was like, I never thought that growing up, but now I can't unsee oh, it. Oh, so. <laughs> Your, your critical thinking mind, you, you've just pointed it out. Yeah, it's pretty funny. What is either the most underrated nerdy thing about you or just underrated nerdy thing in general? Hmm. Underrated nerdy thing. I just feel like nerds in general are underrated. Yeah. Like, we are actually very cool. I used to think that nerds were nerds and kind of kept to themselves and really didn't do a lot. I went to Anime Expo in Los Angeles last summer. It was the most crowded event I've ever been to in my entire life. And I kind of just looked around and I thought, this is where all the cool kids are. Like all the cool kids are at Anime Expo. And not joking, like, that is where all the cool kids are. So I really kind of think it's fans themselves that are underrated. You guys are so cool. That is the best answer I've ever received to that question. And that's why I even wanted to create the podcast, because nerds weren't cool for so long growing up. I mean, they were, but people didn't look at them that way. And now... I think being a nerd is really the coolest thing you can be. It is. And there's a lot that was terrible about the pandemic, like obviously. But one good thing that came out of it is I feel like people kind of got permission to weave into their fandoms a bit. And I do like that. That's interesting. I didn't necessarily connect that with the pandemic, but that's a good point because people had to stay in. And so that's when they were able to find other online communities of people who like the same things that they like. Yep. Oh, yeah. I have learned a lot about Discord oh. from my Gen Z assistant at work. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty new to Discord because of the podcast world, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, I really like it now that I like 50 percent know how to use it. So that's good. <laughs> what is the most random nerdy thing about you? This random nerdy thing. I used to cosplay. Oh. So I have a lot of costumes and a lot of wigs in my closet that are just taking up space. Oh, that is so cool. Tell me more about that process. What was that like for you? Did you create the materials yourself? I started creating the materials myself and then I started outsourcing them or kind of trading work with other people. Like if I would style somebody's wig, they would help me sew. Or if I, I had lived in New York City at the time. So if I was offering somebody a free place to stay during New York Comic Con, they would say, okay, well, I'll make you this weapon or something for cosplay. But it was really great. I did that for a few years. That was something that the pandemic stopped for me because then I no longer wanted to be in costume in front of other people. Mm. But that is something I used to do a lot. I know how to put a blonde wig on, which is something that's very cool. <laughs> very cool. Okay, so let's talk about your journey into fandom. 
And I know you're a part of so many different fandoms. So just tell us your story. Sure. So I have always been involved in fandoms. As a kid, I would call them my obsessions. Now I know they were fandoms. Like it was an obsession with Pokemon and then it was an obsession with Neopets. I think Powerpuff Girls was somewhere in the middle there. Um, Harry Potter, of course, that was another big one that I think we both shared. Mm -hmm. Um, And Star Wars, kind of a bunch of different things. As a teenager and then as an adult in college, I tried to tamp that part of myself down. I thought, you know, I wanted to be literary. I wanted to be very serious. But it just wasn't me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I... At the same time, I also knew that I wanted to be in kids' books because I was such a bookworm growing up. I've always been a bookworm, but still a bookworm. And I wanted to help create the next kind of stories, but really fandoms. I just didn't know it yet. Um, I knew I wanted to be a kids' book editor. That's what I went to college for. And when I was interviewing places, I kept interviewing to be the next literary children's book editor, and nobody was hiring me. And I was very frustrated In retrospect, I'm like, oh, I was really only interviewing for about seven, eight months, which, as we know now, really isn't that long. But when you're 21, it felt like Mm -hmm. it was forever. And I was so, so frustrated. And what am I going to do with the rest of my life? This is terrible, et cetera, et cetera. And finally, I interviewed for a position at Simon & Schuster with their imprint called Simon Spotlight. And Simon Spotlight focused on movie and TV tie-ins. And I had never really thought about movie and TV tie-ins in the book world, but once I interviewed, it finally clicked and finally made sense to me. And it was something actually that the person who ended up being my boss later said. She said, I wish every kid in the world read The Secret Garden. I wish every kid in the world wanted to be a reader. But the truth is, that's not the world we live in. And if we're going to make a book that's going to be a movie tie-in of Kung Fu Panda, then we're going to make that the highest quality book because that might be the only book a kid reads a year. And I thought about that, and I think that resonated a lot with me because it combined fandoms with books in a way that I had never considered before. And yes, I did work on the Kung Fu Panda 4 movie novel, so that is coming out. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, very cool. But it's not just movie novels. It's not just straight adaptations. There's also a lot of really fun stuff you get to do in this kind of industry. I get to work on cookbooks, origami books, get to create some narrative for some brands as well. And it's just a lot of fun. That is kind of how I was able to merge my professional life with my personal life. Oh, that's amazing. So you've had this dream of really working in books since you were very young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a scholastic book fair, actually, that I just looked around and I was like, this is it. This is peak. I'm happy. I just want this feeling forever. Oh, I used to love those so much. I went to one. So scholastic, I don't know if they do it post-pandemic, but I went to one in 2019 over the holiday season and it still feels magical. Mm-hmm. It felt exactly like it did when we were kids. I just walked around, bought myself a pencil topper. It's a great day. <laughs> Oh, that's so amazing. So tell us more about some of the books and other things that you've produced over the years. A lot. Yeah. (laughs) I have done a lot of preschool books. If anybody has a Peppa Pig book in their home, I probably either edited or wrote it. Wow, Um, really? Yeah, I was the editor for Peppa Pig for about three and a half years when I was at Scholastic. So again, if it was published between 2018 and 2022, Mm -hmm. that was me. (laughs) A lot of Peppa Pig. I did, uh, gosh, I don't even remember which Lego movie. A few Lego movies, a few Kung Fu Pandas, 
I'm working on Despicable Me 4 right now, which has been a lot of fun. And I was the lead Harry Potter editor for the film program at Scholastic as well. So that's kind of in my former roles. And then currently at Andrews McNeil, I work on a lot of brands. Despicable Me 4, as I said, Neopets. What else can I say? Ticket to Ride. I'm like, what is not under NDA that I can tell you about? (laughs) Oh, you work somewhere with NDAs. So cool. I know I keep saying that this whole episode, but really, I think the stuff you're doing is so, so, so cool. And I think it's so amazing. And thank you for sharing that piece where you said you tried to tamper down parts of yourself when you were a little bit younger, because that must have been really hard for you to have to hide that part of yourself. I think I really wanted to be somebody that I wasn't because I thought that's what was cool. I thought that's what was going to get me somewhere. And the truth is, being exactly who I was is what got me where I am. Yeah, it's really powerful. Thank you. As I said it, I was like, wow, that's some sage wisdom. Like, I'm going to write that down for myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know you're having some amazing one-liners this episode. Oh, shout out to my therapist, Francesca. I had a session about an hour ago. So thank you to her. Oh, I love that. You, you know, I'm a therapist, too. And so I just can't help but think about that stuff when we're working together. Maybe all of my guests should go to a therapy session before we do the interview. <laughs> Honestly, I recommend it. So What was that transition like for you then going into a world where you could truly, truly be yourself? It was eye-opening at first. When I first got to Simon & Schuster, the assistant who helped train me was one of the most nerdy people and to this day is one of the most nerdy people I know. And she also is the coolest. So Chloe Fraboni, if you are watching this, I am talking about you. (laughs) Um, I walked in fresh-eyed, 21 years old, ready to start my first big girl career And Chloe had the most beautiful long blonde hair. She was adopting a corgi that week because it was the dog of the internet. (laughs) She was showing me that she was working on her Princess Cinderella costume at the time. Like she made that entire live action, beautiful blue ball gown. And she also was the most on top of schedule, absolutely incredible worker I've ever seen. And to this day, she inspires me. And it was just really great seeing somebody succeed so well in the publishing industry and also be so involved in fandoms. And to this day, it's the same thing. She actually currently works at Blizzard, so oh. she is also living the life. Oh, maybe we can invite her on an episode. Well, if anybody's watching and sees her, you'll see what I mean about the most beautiful hair ever. So <laughs> tell me about Neopets, because I remember that. So Neopets is a virtual pet website that started in 1999. It was started in the UK and then quickly moved to the US in Los Angeles. It started as a man and his now wife. They were kind of the art director, the creator, and everybody involved. They hired a whole team. A lot of their team still actually works at Neopets, which is really cool. Wow, after all that time? Um, Yeah, after all that time. I mean, some people have come and left and done different projects in the middle. It's actually really, really funny because one of the lead artists, his name is Anthony Conley. Fantastic artist. Like, highly recommend you follow Anthony. He is also the art director for a brand I'm working on called Afro Unicorn, which is all about Black unicorns. And currently my inbox is me constantly emailing Anthony being like, hi, what's this Neopets thing? And hi, what's this Afro Unicorn thing? So that is always funny when fandoms collide like that in a really unintentional way. But yeah, so a lot of people who worked at Neopets still are there. And if not, they definitely want to honor the original teams and honor what makes Neopets what it is. It really started as the first actual pet website. Again, it came out in 1999, which, as we know, was when the Internet was really Mm -hmm. kind of picking up steam and becoming this 
thing that nobody really knew what it was going to be. So Neopets was the first virtual pet website, but it also kind of in a way was the first social media. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You would message each other. You would neo-friend each other. You would feed your pets. You would share paintbrushes, which is like an item you can use to paint your Neopet a different color if you choose. And it really was a social media, especially if you were on the Neo boards chatting. I mean, I wasn't supposed to be because I was under 13, but and Coca laws and everything like that. But I think my mom's over it at this point. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you still play? Do you still go on the website? Yeah, I still have my account from 2001. Wow. So it was pretty funny, actually, because we actually used to use Neopets as a social media. We, we did? Like we spoke on? Yeah. on- Wow, really? Yes. I remember, I actually have very vivid memories of this. We would constantly be on the role-playing boards doing Harry Potter role plays. What? Um, And I actually, so I was looking at my Neo-Friends list because again, like a lot of my Neo-Friends are like account frozen. Who knows who this person was? Probably did a trade with them at one point in like 2004 and that was it. But I did find your Neopets account. Oh my gosh. So you me to share it. Oh my gosh. I haven't been on there in years. Well, wait a sec. Okay. Before I make it public, is are the chat boards still on the internet? Like, could people find our old conversations? Because that would be very embarrassing. No, they can't find your old conversations. So I think the Neo boards, it's something like every couple, I mean, back in the heyday of Neopets, I think they would wipe them out every 24 hours. Okay. I think now they're up for a little bit longer, depending on what the server space is. But it, must be a few months maximum. I'm sure there's somebody here listening who will hear my username and figure it out. But okay, that's fine. You know, they might be like a tech genius and figure it out somehow. But what what was my username? Here, look. Oh my gosh, that is so hilarious. I remember going on it and I remember getting the little stuffed animal Neopets. I think it was, what was the store? Limited 2? They used to sell them? Oh my gosh. For those listening, I have actually my Theory Kugel, which is a Neopet behind me. So I just grabbed it. Oh my gosh. I love that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm limited to. Wow. I remember that was a big deal. Yeah. Wow. I'm a tag collector, so I'm showing off the tag that says this beautiful plushie was $12. Wow. That would probably be what? Like $100 today? (laughs) I know they're coming out with more plushies, so I don't know what the detail is there. Wow. Yeah. I'm holding this. I'm like, this is not twelve fifty. I know. I know. It's beautiful. Oh. And it look at the condition. You really care about your your stuff. I do. That's also why it's currently at my desk because mm-hmm. I have a two-year-old puppy named Obi-Wan Kenobi, of course. And anything that's on the bed is fair game for him. <laughs> of course. I I've collected some squishmallows and he will take them off the bed and put them in his toy basket. Oh, so they're his now, right? <laughs> they're his. They're his. I'm sorry. I totally went on a tangent and I did want to share. Neopets account. I love tangents. I think people will really enjoy hearing it. What What is my account? I will share it and also narrate. Can you see this? I can. <laughs> so the username is animalfreak208. What? You went by Morgan Potter. Oh. This is, this is absolutely you. Oh my God. <laughs> because also hobbies were pets, dogs, and sports winter. And we also used to figure skate together. Oh my so. gosh. That was my username? And- yeah, I am so confident. No, this no, was I, you. I believe you, but wow. Because I, you know, usually I reuse usernames and I've never used that. This must have been an original one. Wow. I think it was. I mean, it was 20 and a half years. Oh, it looks like your Neopets anniversary is March 5th, actually. So that's coming up. 
Maybe I'll have to I'll have to uh, restore my password. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you have that. That's hilarious, Morgan Potter. <laughs> yep, yeah, and it looks like you had four pets. So you have a ghost Teco named Annie, a strawberry Kiko named Brandy. I think that's a white side bunny named Cutie, and a fire Ixie named X Cake. Which, like, putting an X in front of something at the time was very cool. Oh my, I have no words. If you are listening, please go to YouTube. And have a look at this because I, I have no words for this. I cannot believe you found this. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's always fun. So Neopets, <laughs> in order to get back into your old account, they have been trying to reunite a lot of people with their old accounts because, of course, these are accounts people haven't logged into in yeah. 20 years. So you will have to prove your identity a bit. <laughs> if you need help with that, let me know. I know that I'm one of your Neo friends. That's something you have to share. You have to share like the original email address that you use. I don't remember. I think it was an AOL email address or Bell South. Oh, I remember bellsouth.net. Yeah. Um, I do not have access yeah. to those emails anymore. No, I don't really think anybody does. <laughs> so you can certainly see if they'll open it up for you. I think oftentimes like if people have like really high value pets or really high value kind of um, trophies. They're a little bit more stringent on the qualifications to get back into that account. I, I have a good feeling that you'll be okay. Also <laughs> say that I'm your new friend. Yeah. So wow. They can verify that. Wow. But yeah, highly recommend getting back in. And for anybody watching or listening, try a ticket if you can't get into your account. I'm going to definitely have to check that out. I I really have no words right now. That is hilarious. And I still can't believe I named myself Morgan Potter. That is definitely me. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually really funny because my partner's last name is Potters. And I was like, oh, what are you trying to say here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Good trip down memory lane. And that you said we were doing Harry Potter role playing? Yep. There was Harry Potter role playing. I think also we used to troll the Neo boards. Really? <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what it was, but like I like remember like being very goofy with you like on AIM while also on Neopets and being like ha ha ha. Oh like I don't think it was right, anything yeah. terrible or bad. I think we were just goofing around and being oh you know, in school. Oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> funny. A good yeah. time, but it's those old Neopets names are so funny. Like <laughs> my Neopets name. If if I had known when I was that age that I was still going to be using that same Neopets account in my thirties. I hope that I would have spelled Nintendo correctly <laughs> because I spelled it Nintendo. That's so cute. Uh, sure, sure. So you're really a lifelong fan. I am a lifelong Neopets fan. I'm actually also wearing a limited tier shirt. I should have said that earlier. It's got a kachik on oh. it. Yeah, love Neopets. Yeah. So to bring this back a little bit, I was also really honored to work on some Neopets books, both that have already published and are coming out soon. I had already been a fan. And so when I had already been working in licensing for seven, eight years, I contacted the agent for Neopets and I said, have you ever considered Neopets publishing? She said, we don't currently have a partner. It actually took a, multiple years because I had contacted them when I was at Scholastic and then Scholastic ultimately wasn't interested. And then when I went over to Andrews McNeil, I actually talked about Neopets during my interview and I said, that was the project that got away and I want to resurrect it at Andrews McNeil. And Andrews McMeal totally went for it. To be fair, I think it's a lot better of a fit at Andrews McMeal than Scholastic because Neopets still appeals to that nostalgic generation that played mm -hmm. it in the 90s and early 2000s. And they're coming back. Like, 
They were recently bought by a new person who actually took the company completely independent. They have a whole new direction they're going in. They have a plot coming out. They have a video game coming out. They have a lot more merch like I was talking about earlier. So it's definitely going to be a lot more in the zeitgeist coming up. But where we were at when we started publishing was certainly the nostalgic generation. So now's the time to get back in. Get, restore my old account. There you go. Again, submit a ticket and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else about your journey into the fandom world that you think would be helpful for listeners to hear about? I think what is the most helpful is I never knew that I could do something like this. Nobody in my family grew up in licensing or entertainment at all. I'm actually a first-generation American, so that was just something my family didn't do. I grew up in a suburb of South Florida, so I wasn't around the industry at all. I then, of course, moved to New York, and that's where I started working, and now I live in Los Angeles. But I didn't start there, I should say, and I didn't have any connections when I started. And really, it was just about being professionally annoying. I would email people, and I would say very politely, do you want to get on an info call? Can I just talk? Can I hear about your experience and see if you have any advice for me? Cold calling people, finding people on LinkedIn to talk to. Kind of as I shared with the Neopets agent as well, like it wasn't the right time when I was at Scholastic to start that publishing program, but it was when I was at Andrews McNeil. So don't be afraid of putting yourself out there is what I would say. You can work in these industries if that is something you want to do. You will be told no a lot Mm. and you just have to keep going. It's not personal. It's going to be okay. So be professionally annoying and be yourself. Be professionally annoying. Another tip I always give people is, If you kind of got a little far with somebody, like maybe you went on a first interview, but they didn't end up hiring you, send them a Happy New Year email. Send them a Happy Thanksgiving email. Don't send them five emails in a row. Don't ask them questions. But go ahead and send those follow-ups because it does mean more than you think. That's really great advice. How would somebody know if going into this industry is right for them? So I would certainly say if it's something that you know is just a part of you and you can't shake it, it's probably the right industry for you. I feel like a lot of people who don't end up making it are because it wasn't really right for them at the time Mm -hmm. or they were meant to do something else. But if this is something that you feel in your heart you really need to do, make those cold calls, send those cold emails. You can, if somebody wants to Google me, uh, my name's Erin Pascal, Erin with two N's. There are multiple ways you can contact me. I always reply. Yeah, and I will include all of your information that you want to share in the show notes so everybody can go and have a look. Awesome. Thank you. The only thing I will say is I can't look at any manuscripts or submissions that people are going to be sending to my Gmail. It's really only if you want to get on the phone and just chat and talk shop or talk about interviews. And that's just because you should be agented if you're going to be querying your manuscript. So do you want to put that disclaimer out there? But I mean, the fact that you're willing to talk to people, like that's so kind. People were willing to talk to me. So it's definitely about giving back. How has fandom and publishing and Neopets and books and just Pokemon and just all of it, I guess I could just say fandom in general, how has it changed your life? It has really given me a sense of community in every sense. It's given me a professional community. It's given me friend community. Again, I've made a lot of friends and met my partner through fandoms as well. I actually met my partner on Tinder, but his opening line was, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? And he hooked you in right there. Well, we had the same answer. Oh, yeah? What was your answer? I said, the best Star Wars movie is Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back. But my favorite Star Wars movie is Episode Three. Mm-hmm. So 
I can recognize it's not a good film, but it still is my favorite. It is what it is. And he was just like, wow, that's exactly my response to That's so sweet. And you were honest and genuine. Yep, exactly. That is the only way to have these true connections. Yeah. So fandom has really changed your life because of the connections that you've been able to form. Absolutely. I think because of these true and genuine connections, I'm able to create better products. And I don't really like calling books products, but I hope you understand the gist of what I mean. Oh, yeah. I recently worked on Neopets, the official cookbook. And something that was important to me about Neopets, the official cookbook, was I had a Microsoft Excel of every Neopet and I tallied how many times they were in the book. Because I know even if I hate one Neopet species, it's somebody out there's favorite. And I know that somebody's going to be in the comment section upset <laughs> that their favorite wasn't the cookbook. So I am very attuned to the fandom in that way. And I do think that is another reason why a lot of nerds and fandom people do really well in this kind of industry. Yeah, because you're, there's that attention to detail and that passion and that empathy for others. It also seems like that you're aware of that. Yeah, because it is for others. It is for other people to enjoy their own fandoms on their own accord. I loved seeing people post for the holidays, you know, just got the Neopets cookbook in or people who were at Barnes and Noble and saw the Neopets cookbook and said, what? This is back? Like, this is kind of wild. <laughs> That's been really fun. And then there have been other projects, too. Like, I worked on the official Harry Potter baking book, and that one has also been kind of a similar experience. It's very involved to build the Hogwarts castle recipe in there, but I've seen a few people post about it, and it's very cool seeing Oh, that. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's fun. Yeah. It's very involved. It was actually the first cookbook I ever worked on. So. Wow. So how many projects have you worked on? A rough estimate. I don't know. I wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> a lot. I actually created a Pinterest board. I can send this to you after. I created a Pinterest board just to keep track myself because I'm working on about 30 to 40 titles a year, but sometimes I just can't remember. Like, did I write that or did I edit that? Yeah. So you don't just edit. You're a writer, too. Yes, I do write. I wrote the copy in the Neopets cookbook. I wrote the Despicable Me 4 movie novel and a lot of other projects. Wow. Actually, I wrote the Marauder's Map Guide to Hogwarts as well. Oh, yeah. Which, um, that's so amazing. I forgot about that one, <laughs> which is so funny because I think that's the book I've written with the most sales. Every time I see that at Barnes & Noble and on display, I'm like, oh, yeah. I wrote that on a couple of wintry days in 2016. I'm just remembering back to when we first met each other and we were very young. What would that Aaron think now, seeing everything that you've done and what you continue to do? I think about this a lot, actually, because I don't know. I don't know if I would think, yeah, that makes sense, or if I would think, no way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because it does all sound really cool. But also, when you're eight, do you really understand that? Or do you just think, of course, that is what I meant to do? But also, it's kind of, it goes in many different ways because you have to believe in yourself sometimes mm -hmm. in order to do it. I hope it would be both. Yeah. How would your life be different if you didn't get into fandom? I'd be sad. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a real answer. Yeah. I'm just, I don't think I can really separate myself from not being in fandom. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have any of my friends I wouldn't have my career. My dog would have a normal name that's not Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, I I truly don't know. Maybe I'd be a doctor. Maybe I maybe I would have solved some cure for something. Maybe the world <laughs> would have been better. <laughs> it reminds me of the story that you were sharing about 
just putting out a book that relates to kids now because it might just be the only book that they read. I think that's pretty powerful too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I think about all of the time too. Sometimes I think, why do I care so much about this particular word? And it's just because there's a lot more that goes into book editing than copy editing and grammar. Actually, a lot of people think that's what I do and I don't do that at all. We have separate copy editors who do it. Something that I look into a lot is language acquisition. So for a six to nine-year-old who at that time is really when a kid starts independent reading, um, they're not really reading out loud. They're not really reading with their guardians around them. They're kind of exploring their own interests. There are some words that we don't even think about as adults that are really hard for a kid to sound out. The word special, every time I see it, I always take it out because if you're sounding out the word special, what? You can't. Beautiful is another of them. I take out a lot of words like that. I'll replace special often with interesting or see if it can come in a different way. Beautiful becomes pretty or comes in a different way. Delicious is another one. Usually I change that to tasty. And then I think about it and it's just the quality that you have to put into these books is because it meets those readers. And I want this, if it's the only book they're going to read this year, I want them to be inspired to continue reading. Wow. Again, so powerful. Books are cool. Books are important. And video games and TikTok and everything else they're doing is also important. It's just sometimes you got to read too. What does being a nerd mean to you? To me, it means being unapologetically yourself. I think actually this is something that I wish I knew growing up. I wish I knew that everybody is a nerd because I have never spoken to somebody who does not in any way have any nerd interest at all. And I think about it, and even people who are watching sports games, and that's their whole life, they're following those sports games completely. They're wearing jerseys. Tell me that's not cosplay. Totally. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It really is a lot of fandom, and I think humans just need that. They need that community that they're finding. Mm -hmm. And it's great to find other people who share the same passion as you. Absolutely. And maybe if it's not sports, it's pescatarians who are looking for the right pescatarian restaurant or maybe it's dog owners who are looking for I don't know the best shampoo for their dog I'm looking at my dog and I'm like yeah you need a bath (laughs) people just like finding their communities and fandoms is just where mine are yeah when I was first creating this podcast I had so many people saying like oh that sounds really neat but I'm not a nerd I can't go on your show and I was like yeah you're a nerd a nerd is just about being passionate about something you're you're passionate about something And I think as these episodes are coming out, people are starting to realize it and realize, wait a second, I am a little nerdy. Exactly. I think the word just has kind of a bad rap, or at least it used to. I know that the current generations like Generation Alpha feel very differently about it. So that is cool. Mm -hmm. This is the part of the show now where I like to have each of us give some sort of geeky recommendation to help people embrace their nerdiness. And... I had one recommendation in mind today, but this conversation and just thinking through following your own path is making me think of my two nieces who are actually also starting a podcast. And so I want to recommend their podcast today. They are huge Taylor Swift fans and they love talking about her and the music. And so they just started a podcast called Long Live Taylor, Exploring the Eras. And what they do is they talk about each song and they relate it to their lives and they give their opinions. And so I definitely recommend that you go and check that out. Erin, what is your recommendation? Well, I'm convinced. I'm like, I'm going to go check that out now. Taylor Swift also, incredible fandom behind that. If you want to look at some amazing fans, the fan art I've seen out of the Taylor Swift stuff, it's so good. Yes. Oh, so you're a Swifty? 
I don't think I would describe myself as a Swifty, but I also wouldn't say I'm not. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes fandoms can be casual. It's not always you have to be like the first or the most or the best. That's actually something, this is a good talking point. That's something I wish I could go back and tell a younger version of myself. Like you don't always have to be the first or the best in something in order to like it. Yeah. So sure. You know what? I'm going to own it, actually. I take it back. I am a Taylor Swiftie. Yeah. Taylor Swift. Yeah. God. <laughs> now I'm 100. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a really good point, too. That's also why I wanted to do this podcast, because I know for me, sometimes I wouldn't want to call myself a fan of something if I didn't feel like I knew everything about it. But Mm -hmm. I feel like by doing that, I maybe didn't get some of the connections that could have been really beneficial by saying, no, I like it, too. It's it's okay if you don't know everything about the fandom or every little detail or win all the trivia games or trivia rounds like you can just be a casual fan and it's just as good and nobody actually knows it all including the lore masters who work on it Mm -hmm. so it's totally okay but to go back to your question about a recommendation that i would like to give out i would recommend the book Bertle and the purple turtles which i edited but is really such a special story because it's a book for six to nine-year-olds, and it's really about finding differences amongst your friends. Oh, wow. So there is a town called Turtle Town, and everybody is a turtle, and there is one turtle who just doesn't really fit in. The turtle wants to race, and the other turtles want to race. And then one day, a new turtle drops into town, but they're actually not a turtle. They're a bird. And so they have to figure out their friendship when one of them is a bird. So I would recommend that. It's filled for six to nine-year-olds, but I think everybody can value the beautiful art that the artist has drawn. Her name is Tara J. Hannon. She's fantastic. She has a really great story, too, where she was on submission for many, many years as an author and had a lot of projects actually shelved because they didn't end up somewhere. And this wasn't her first book that she was shopping out at publishers, but it is her first one that she was able to actually get published. And since then, she's now signed up two additional series. That just came out this past January, and I really recommend it to everybody. It sounds like a very meaningful book. Yeah, it's really great. So it's Fertile and the Purple Turtles. Everybody go check that out. All right, Erin, where can people find you? Pretty much anywhere. My name's Erin Pascal with two N's. There's only one with two N's out there, and that is me. There is somebody else with one N who is a graphic designer, and I am so sorry that I bought that URL. I apologize if you're ever listening to this other Aaron Pascal, <laughs> um, but too many people made the mistake. You can find me uh, Twitter, X, whatever the whatever we're calling it these days. Um, you can find me on Facebook, but please don't send me a Facebook message. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can even find me on Neopets. If you search the Neopet Aaron, that's me. Oh, man. And then maybe when you're friends with Aaron on Neopets, I'll have my account revived. OK, but I do want to be clear. Being my neo friend does not mean that somebody's going to get their account back. Oh. It's not. I'm like, as I heard that, I was like, yeah, like I can, I can definitely help you get your account back just because like I can like verify that was your account. And then I was like, wait a minute. I don't want people having that advice. That's- <laughs> one time only, my friends. It is a one time only <laughs> offer for this. <laughs> yes, everybody. Just don't. Okay. I'm not even going to. Sorry, I'm going to edit. How do you have specific- no, it's, it's actually really funny if you want to keep it in. Like, okay. I love bloopers like that. Um, you have to have been my neo friend in 2001. So. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm one of the lucky ones. All right, Erin, thank you so much for being here today and for being a very fun blast from the past. Thank you. Anytime. This was also really fun. Yay. 
All right, everybody. It would mean so much to me if you are able to rate and review that nerd thing on whatever podcast platform you're listening to the show on. And if you have any questions or thoughts, feel free to email me at thatnerdthingpod at gmail.com. And please go follow me on Instagram and TikTok because I'm having lots of fun on there. And I would love, love to have some interaction. You can find me at That Nerd Thing Pod. And please share the show with all of your nerdy friends. See you next time. Bye.